Welcome to Life and Godliness. I am your host, Joanna Simpson, otherwise known as Josim. So many of us are struggling, stuck, lost, wounded, and hopeless when Jesus came so we could be free and live an abundant life. He wants us to enjoy him and enjoy life. But how can we truly do this if we are bogged down by life's problems? Well, Life and Godliness with Josim hopes to help persons enjoy life with Christ by sharing Christ-inspired solutions to everyday problems and digging up deep-rooted mindsets that skew our perception of the Father. To quote a popular artist, life is hard, but God is good, and he's patient in our journeys. So join us as we talk about life and godliness. Welcome to this episode of Life and Godliness with Joe. Today we'll be hearing from Pastor Sean Taylor and his lovely wife, Ruth Ann Taylor. This servant-hearted duo fellowship at the Grace Family Church and have a passion for marriage and family. They are the parents of four precious, lively children and are very intentional about living a gospel-centered lifestyle. Welcome, Pastor Sean and Ruth Ann. We are so glad to have you. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having us. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having us. Just to give some context for what we're doing here today, really, as you know, so far we've had two episodes um, for the year and we've really spoken about the love of God. You know, we've heard about the love of God we hear, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, you know, um, but sometimes that love, we just, we don't understand it, we don't get it, we don't see it being lived out in our lives, you know, and then when trials come and the storms hit us, we're like, Mm-mm, God, no love we. You know, so the past two episodes have spoken about that. Um, for this episode, you know, really what I, I would like to hear more, you know, more about is what is this gospel and how should it impact our lives? Now we're Jamaicans. We grew up in a space where we grew up in a space where we hear the gospel all over the place. Anywhere you go, almost anybody can quote some aspect of the gospel message to us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily yeah. impact our lives. We don't know what it's supposed to do. We don't know, you know, what is this real, what is this really good news to us? Because it's certainly not looking like it, you know, based on all the things that are happening in our lives. In this episode, we really want to just dig that up and, and, and look to and, and just really find out what does God mean when he says, or what, what did Paul mean when he says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? So, but before we get into the meat of the matter, I just want you guys to tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Pastor Sean Taylor and who is Ruth Ann Taylor? Oh, well, of course, I, you know, Pastor Sean Taylor is a gentleman. And so he's going to let ladies go first. <laughs> So Ruthann, tell them about yourself. Okay, um, I'm Ruthann, and I grew up in a Christian home, and I met my lovely husband when I was 13, (laughs) and we got married when um, I was 20, Mm. and we started having kids when I was 22. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 22. Yeah. And now we have four kids. But through that time, we have served in church Mm -hmm. from youth meetings to, um, I don't know, interacting with different people, going to the pastor's college Mm -hmm. together, 
um, and now we serve, we just started a church plant at Grace Family Church, and that's where we are serving presently. Amazing. Um, Life's on full. <laughs> yes, I mean, we, we could have an entire series of episodes on the life of Sean and Ruthann. Mm. Um, I think Ruthann said it quite succinctly. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, one, one of the things for sure, we've known each other for a very long time. And so even, even for me, when, when I think about my Christian journey, in a lot of ways, um, Ruthann would have been very much a part of witnessing and being a tool in the midst of all of that for me and so it it, it is it, it's so true that much of what i remember mm -hmm. as a young person would involve ruth and as a friend journeying with me mm -hmm. um i think the last, i remember in the last time that i was talking with you joe if i had mentioned um but I, I grew up in a religious home, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, so we definitely went to church. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I could, like how you put it, rehearse what the gospel was. Mm -hmm. But I think it would be fair to say that, you know, my parents would probably would agree that it wasn't a um, Christian home. It was a religious home. But I, I'm grateful for that because I, I've been able to say God's grace even in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. And so there were certain principles that I knew. And I think what would have happened as the Lord would open up my eyes, God would have used those principles to remind me that I do not live up to any of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why you need Jesus. And so uh, I, I always say to people, even if you don't grow up in a Christian home, God uses his law um, as a schoolmaster, as the scripture says. Um, and so he, has, he used that very much so to let me realize my need for Christ um, mm -hmm. at, at, uh, in my teen years. Mm -hmm. And as Ruth has said, since then, he's been walking with me and then with us even together um, as a young couple and then a married couple um, to continue to let the gospel work in our lives. Hmm. So what would you say, so that in kind of interesting comparison or parallel, um, could you tell me a little bit about that transition between, you know, living in a religious household to now, you know, um, assuming or adopting a, a Christian perspective? So, I mean, well, I, I, again, I think the, the best way to describe it would be, uh, I think, going to the church that I was at uh, and exposed really to what the gospel really meant would have been at Christian Life Fellowship, which is where I would have met Ruthann. Um, and then, yeah, just realizing that, okay, there are certain standards that exist in my, that in my mind. So, you know, oh, yeah, don't steal, don't do this, don't lie. But recognizing, first of all, um, how Jesus would put things. Um, so he ramped up what I thought was, okay, this is good morals to what really was his honest, what he would reveal about be perfect as I am perfect and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I would say it was there that it was just pretty clear that I do not live up to that standard. Mm -hmm. um, and as... As I'd be listening to 
the leaders of a Christian life fellowship preach what the gospel would mean that he lived the life I couldn't live mm-hmm. um, and death that I deserve and rose again so that I could live and be with him forever. Um, it, I think that is when I realized, okay, the gospel is not me trying to um, be a good Christian, but God through Christ has lived a life on my behalf. Um, and, and what that requires is me submitting to him. And then in doing so, he really worked the, the miracle. So even when we said the passage, the power of God unto salvation, there is a power that mm-hmm. came that changed what was before trying to live up to good rules and then mm-hmm. realizing the a power that came that really made me realize that something changed. Mm-hmm. So before it was, okay, let me try and be good. But realizing, you know, my heart desires have changed mm-hmm. um, and, and re- recognizing having the power to, to please the Lord that came clearly through what the truths of the gospel talk about where, you know, giving you a new heart, a, a heart of flesh and removing the heart of stone. So I would say for me, I guess I really experienced what it is to know the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what the trend, that's how the transition happened. Mm-hmm. Just experience. So when I recommitted my life to Jesus, you know, well, I mean, because in a sense, I grew up in a Christian home, not in a sense, I grew up in a Christian home. Right. And I was struggling, you know, I had different issues, you know, when I came to Christ, it didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem like a dramatic turnaround, you know, it's not like I was, uh, you know, walking around stealing people's purses and now, I stopped, you know, um, but I still struggled with a number of things. Heaven felt so far, and sometimes just this gospel was hard to relate to. Like, how does this gospel thing work? You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, with the struggles that we have, it doesn't feel like it's working. <laughs> how can it be applied to our lives? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think one of the things we really have to, first of all, accept is the reality that though the gospel is so simple in terms of it, the message yeah. that we have to realize there are very few things that the scripture calls the power of God. Okay. And it's funny, the gospel is referred to the power of God, um, which really we, we need to realize, okay, the gospel is powerful. And so when you, when, when you realize that you do not see it's power at work. Um, you know, I think a lot of times th- there are scriptures that kind of make that reality clear. So, you know, Corinthians will talk about in first Corinthians one, um, talking about, you know, we, you know, Paul says we preach Christ. And then he says, it's a stumbling block to some, mm-hmm. but it's power to another, mm. um, it's foolishness to some, but it is the wisdom of God to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think for sure we have to recognize that that is what is happening with the gospel. The gospel goes out to people and that same gospel, it lands on somebody and it's like, what, what is this foolishness you're talking about? Mm-hmm. God come on earth and what? That's just weird. Um, it's a stumbling block to people. No, 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 I, I can't appreciate that. But then for somebody, it is power. 
for for others it's wisdom and you know paul makes it clear that you know god is doing that to confound the wisdom of men mm -hmm. you know? and so what what you know so what men exalt god is using that and so that is really what is at play a lot of times um in in the lives of people mm -hmm. and so the, the the truth is as i said again when i think about myself and my own life i don't think it's fair to say that when i went to a christian life fellowship or i went here i heard some brand new message mm. that's not true um it, it wouldn't be fair to say that because even the other churches or you know god bless jamaicans we go to schools where quite often we hear the gospel because you hear this in devotions regularly mm -hmm. and, and so we are we hear the gospel mm -hmm. but I, I think we just have to accept that's this this the power that comes when you know god is at work in changing the hearts of of people of, and hearers mm -hmm. and so you know, say examples of that you know lydia the lord opened up her heart to hear certain things and and so i think you know, scripture points to some of those examples, but I would say it's fair. A lot of our lives probably would testify to that reality mm -hmm. where all of a sudden this thing just made sense. Mm -hmm. It made sense to us. All of a sudden we, we are just willing to throw away everything to believe this thing. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, um, certain things that were, that seemed impossible, we have power to do it um and so i think we just have to accept first of all that there is a miracle of salvation that exists mm -hmm. ruthan how would you say you've seen this the gospel at work in your life i think firstly i would tag on to what sean was saying before mm -hmm. with just the fact that when the, when you are saved um your desires to please god changes mm -hmm. so before you're probably trying to follow some rules because you've been taught these rules and you know you have a moral you know guide mm -hmm. but then when you um accept this message of the gospel you actually want to please god mm. i think that's a huge like shift that occurs yeah yeah um it's not it's, it's no longer just okay to walk in sin mm -hmm. um, and you know your desires start to change you know you start to want to read the word more mm -hmm. because you want to know you know these this is what the what god has left for us and so you kind of want to know hey what should my life really look like and um you know how does the holy spirit being in me as a believer play a role in me living that out. Mm -hmm. um, to answer your question, how does the gospel or how has the gospel affected me? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think it, it has changed my whole world. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's, I feel like just being aware of the Holy Spirit's daily and momentarily present with me mm -hmm. um, giving me power to say no to ungodliness and to live out biblical truths has really been very real for me in everyday 
situations. Mm -hmm. um, just the desire to please him and recognizing that I'm innately incapable mm -hmm. of pleasing him, yet his Holy Spirit is there and I have full access to his Holy Spirit to be mm -hmm. at work in me mm -hmm. to help me to please him. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is something that has kind of rocked my world in terms of perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I continually am very aware of just how good a God we have in just how much he helps us to obey him. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. good. So in, in terms of helping us to obey him, is it that you feel that way? You know, how do you know it's just not something that age, you've now grown up <laughs> and you can now do this because, well, you're just more mature? Mm. Well, um, to be honest, I think that's in a sense where faith comes into play. Okay. Because I do actively ask and I see answers. Mm. Um, and so... For me, I always start out knowing that I'm incapable, and then I ask, and all of a sudden I'm capable. Mm. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> I believe God's word is true, and so that's the only place I can attribute mm. Mm. where it comes from, that my help does come from the Lord. One, one of the things as well, I was, I was speaking to Caleb today at the table, and I was just saying to him, one of the things about the gospel, it, it tells us a truth about God, what he has done through Jesus. But the, some of the truths of the gospel reveal things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, it reveals stuff about who we are in our nature. And so even as Ruth and was saying, you said, okay, who you know is not just maturity. Well, guess what? One of the things the gospel teaches me about my nature is that I have a nature that outside of God, outside of Christ, I desire to please myself. I desire to do things for my own benefit. And um, my desire is to not please God. Mm -hmm. And so that's a truth of the gospel. And so that's one thing I would, you know, just remind people about. When, when you see that, you know, you're... you're able to and again we don't we don't mean outward things and there's a reason why the, the scripture talk about just the heart and even christ speaks about this thing of the motives of our heart and okay you heard don't commit adultery but if you look on a woman with lust mm -hmm. we we start to realize that god is looking at not just outward appearances but a heart mm -hmm. and and so when I see, again, before being a guy that on the outward side could really be considered a very Christian-like person, mm -hmm. but then knowing my own motives, well, I just want people to think good of me. Mm -hmm. I, I want my own safety. I, want my, I care about my reputation. And then realizing that, wait, my motives are shifting here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not thinking about my own motives. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about the benefit of others. I'm, I'm thinking about even though doing a certain thing would 
um, get put me in a safe position and, and not being hurt, being willing to put myself in that position because, wait, this honors the Lord. Mm-hmm. I really think you really, someone should look at that and say, wow, that's an evidence of God's grace because what the gospel says about who we are without Christ is that, no, that's not what you would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, what says it's true that, as Ruthan mentioned, an awareness that the, the, the whole God himself is with me. And so when I am weak and I ask for help, I feel strengthened by that. Mm-hmm. Those are things definitely that we need to have our eyes open to because, you know, God is at work mm-hmm. in the lives of his people. In the lives of his people. Even when, you know, Ruthan and I would talk about the fact that just even our parenting, realizing that how our motivation would, sh- would started to shift as the gospel started to work and we started to apply the gospel. And so, okay, before you, you're realizing, okay, you want your children to have good behavior. And, and so there, again, it's very easy for, um, in a religious sense, that you teach the same things. A Muslim could be teaching the same instructions to one child that um, people who say they're Christians would teach. Mm-hmm. But then what the gospel does to, sh- to, to change that is recognizing, you know what? I cannot change the heart of my child. And what's most important is their heart being changed. Mm. What changes that? Well, God. And how does God do that? Well, the gospel. And so realizing that, okay, as you're teaching your child and you, you notice that, okay, you, you see certain things they're doing wrong, you, you know, sh- allowing them to recognize, okay, this is why you need Christ. And this is why mommy needs Christ. And, and, and just reminding them of things like that. And so that, that's how, in little ways, the gospel can affect a lot of areas in terms of, again, parenting. Realizing that it is okay to look at my child and apologize and show them what repentance looks like when I do wrong to them. Mm-hmm. Again, that's culturally something that uh, our, our culture does not teach us in mm-hmm. terms of a good parenting strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, asking your child for forgiveness, mm-hmm. confessing I have been wrong, mm-hmm. and realizing that's not weakness, but that's getting to show them what the gospel looks like, um, or would it be in 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 marriage? I know you know Ruthan was sharing some things with me about how the gospel um, just affects even marriage and communication. I mean, you want to s- speak to that? Ruthie? You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right in the middle of um, doing a premarital counseling with some couples at church. Mm-hmm. So we're reading this book, Tying the Knots, um, A Premarital Guide to a Strong and Lasting Marriage by mm-hmm. Rob Green. Mm-hmm. And we're in a chapter on communication. And um, basically, they were just saying, you know, the main thrust for your communication should be your desire to please God first. Mm-hmm. Um, they were making the point that usually, in the context of communication, we're usually trying to please ourselves. Yeah. And True. True. so they were saying, you know, when you buck up on the reality that uh, God is who we live to please, that then begins to inform how you proceed 
um, with your interactions um, uh, because you will not be able to then go and start shouting. You will not be able to then go and walk in anger. You will not then be able to, you know, not be honest with the way you're speaking and you know like it just starts to affect everything yeah mm -hmm. uh, because as you sit down and say okay i live to please god and even though this scenario is not one that's favorable we disagree you know i think we should get the purple the purple hat and he thinks we should get the blue Mm -hmm. um, the way you go about it is now informed by the scriptures. So there will be no shouting, there will be no demeaning, there will be no, there's so many things that are no longer okay. Mm. Because you recognize in my communication with you, I live to please God. Yeah. So everything that I say in this interaction is really not about me and it's not about the other person it's really about god himself mm -hmm. um so i mean that's just a practical example in terms of just communication in the midst of marriage mm -hmm. yeah and i mean that's all real and i mean what, what you guys are talking about is a real mind shift paradigm shift you know from a religious yeah. kind of mindset of and you don't recognize really how it is kind of just a part of your lifestyle, you know, just to be good, mm. to look good, to, yeah. um, you know, yes. try and do good and, you know, all of these kind of religious things that seem good and seem very Christian, as you said, but is not coming from a desire to please God. And I also, uh, you know, I had a, I was talking to a friend recently just about, you know, um, some concerns about, you know, communication as well. <laughs> and she also spoke to me about, you know, just focusing on honoring the Lord. And, you know, um, as I really thought about it and thought about how that applied to the rest of my life, you know, in terms of when you look at other persons and you say, boy, you know, they're doing well, boy, I'm not doing as well as they are. Or you look on somebody else and say, boy they're not doing so well i think i kind of do a little better than them you know so you swing from very good about yourself to feel yes. very yes. bad about yourself because you're just like i'm not as good as these people but i'm better than these people but then when you shift your mm. to be it's not about them it's not about you know it's not about any of these two sets of people and it's not about how good you are but it's you know are you honoring God? Are you pleasing God? You know, God is, my mother would always say, you know, you have an audience of one. God is your audience, you know. Mm. Are you pleasing yeah. him? And the truth is also, when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we'll always fall short. <laughs> you know, and we <laughs> always course. recognize that. Natural we need yeah. Him. yeah, we need him. And this yes. dependence, you know, as Ruth and yes. I was talking about, yes. dependence on God, um, comes about when we recognize that boy we're incapable of you know you know for example for a male not looking at a woman and lost lusting doing some of these different things that are considered heart issues and not necessarily things that people would have known that we've done you know yes and yes. recognizing that we can't do these things without god then it causes it, it as you said it, it brings out a certain humility and that humility requires a you know 
leads us to depending on God. And the Lord, through that dependence on God, you know, then the, the Lord responds, you know. But it is through yes. humility yes. that we come to him in pride and just kind of like, you know, well, we don't really need him, but we're going to ask him, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We may not have the type of response that we're looking for, you know. And so it's just very interesting, this whole thing of kind of shifting our mindset, not just to being good for ourselves, to make ourselves feel better or to make our parents feel better or to make our, you know, to to please our friends and those people who we think are of, you know, um, a high stature in our minds, but really our lives are about pleasing God. And therefore, Mm -hmm. it also gives us space to accept that we are on a journey. Because when you think mm-hmm. about being good for everybody else, then it's there's this pressure to be good right now. And if I'm not good now, yeah. the world is gonna fall apart, you know? Yep. No, that, that, that's that's serious, Joe. And, and you're right, it's it's a, a recognition that no doubt the truth of the gospel says we are saved today. Um, I think if if you trust in Christ, you can know that you are made right before God and you know so we use the word justification when we talk about that but you know Paul talks about you are saved but says we will be saved Mm -hmm. and some of that talks about and we are being saved and Mm -hmm. so the being saved is this thing where we are daily changing being made into the image of Christ um, as he works things in our lives and 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 uses again whether it be trials or different situations before us to to really turn us into jesus mm-hmm. every day and then realize that again that mission is not complete until he returns mm-hmm. or we go to see him mm-hmm. um and so yes you know it it, it causes us to to definitely recognize that we're all on a certain journey mm-hmm. and so it should keep us humble um if you are a bit ahead of others in the journey give thanks mm-hmm. um praise the lord but don't recognize that you're there you don't reach there because boy you're just a really good guy or mm-hmm. a good gal mm-hmm. even that that is a work of the lord um so that's very important so one of the things I guess that that's really coming out to me as we've been talking is the shift from a religious mindset to a kind of gospel-centered, God-centered mindset. You know, one where we're live, we're moving from seeking to um, please people. You know, even please God in a certain. You know, it's almost like pleasing God without God. You know, so <laughs> yes, we, we just seek to do all the trying to please God. Right, okay, appease God, right, without going through his channel, which is through Jesus, you know, through the sacrifice that he has made for us. Can you, what has that sacrifice really done for us? Well, it's forgiven us and it's removed our sin, um, and it has secured for us eternal life, and with that comes all his promises that he has put in scripture mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these promises have to do with just the fact that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And, you know, he will strengthen those who are weak. He will send his Holy Spirit to, to live in us. You know, then, you know, there's the outworking of, 
the fruit of the spirit in our own hearts and lives and there's just so many promises in scripture mm-hmm. that accompany the believer but i think as we grasp just how the gift salvation is mm-hmm. it really causes you to be extremely grateful mm-hmm. because you literally could not do this you were incapable of saving yourself mm. you cannot erase your sin mm-hmm. there is literally no way at all for you to be free of your sin outside of christ mm-hmm. and you know coming to terms with the fact that this great god decided to pay the price for you mm-hmm. it's humbling and you're filled with so much gratitude um but when you start to look at what that expression of love really looks like as it continues to play out every day yeah yeah you know when the scripture speaks about the steadfast love of the lord it means it's stead and fast like it's <laughs> you know <laughs> You know, like sometimes we, 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 we don't really grasp the meaning yes. of words. Yeah. Like you sing the songs and you don't actually realize that what it means is it's continuous and it's continuing to love. Like it's yes. continuing yes. to pour out. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like God, you know, yes, he expressed it in this work that is life transforming and it's miraculous. But it daily, it is continuing to yes. be expressed. Mm. Yes. He did this say hey come and then he's like all right now let me help you walk this out every single day mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i don't what's a gift suppose i you know suppose mm-hmm. one says you know i don't feel that way i don't feel like um i don't mm-hmm. i'm not feeling his steadfast love i'm not feeling this forgiveness you know i can't necessarily mm-hmm. see that he has wiped out my you know um that he has yeah wiped out or blotted out my past sins so how how can mm-hmm. one get to this point where you are at well i mean honestly joe i really think that again it's a gift of the lord to those who are his mm-hmm. um where he does confirm in your own heart yes that this is a reality yes mm-hmm. um he does confirm in your heart that you are his and that you are saved and that his word is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to come to the point of, okay, I believe Jesus, but I don't actually believe his word is true. Mm-hmm. That's like an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you have been saved and you have believed this gospel. You also then believe his word. Mm-hmm. And his word is true. And his word states that or sins have been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. That's not like opinion. That's not, you know, up for discussion. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things in the scriptures that are facts that we treat as options or as good quotes or as, you know, motivational inspiration for today mm-hmm. when no, no, no. These are actual truths. Mm-hmm. They're more true than the wall that's around your house. Mm-hmm. You know, like we kind of try to look at it as, okay, well, you know, the Bible says to be slow to speak, slow to become angry. 
Well, you know, that's kind of relative. No, it's not actually relative. <laughs> I know it's not. But this is the you believe Jesus is Lord and you have confessed him as Lord, then this is truth to you. This is truth. This informs the way you do literally everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's funny, Joe, as, as Ruthann was saying, that one of the things I just keep remembering, one of the things that Grace Family Church, we, we like to say that, you know, when you're here, we want you to, to notice that we sing the gospel, pray the gospel, preach the gospel. Um, and that, that's one of the ways we recognize how much we need to be rehearsers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. People don't people don't realize it's not that Paul and a lot of these writers didn't have much things to write about. So, oh yeah, you notice almost every letter them spend a bag of the chapter talking mm-hmm. about the gospel. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. There is a reason. It, it's not that they were running out of things to write about. Mm-hmm. But it, it, we should realize, wait, wow, this comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Even in the Old Testament, they, they always go back to what God did when taking them from Egypt. Remember what God did. Remember. Mm-hmm. We need to be told that first, remember, because we're prone to forget. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are prone to forget. We, we daily need to be rehearsing the truths of the gospel even as ruth and talked about it, this love expressed through christ mm-hmm. um you know and that's why the lord says you know if he didn't withhold his son how much will he with him give us all things mm-hmm. um th- this, this this thing as far as the good news is this is something that we always need to look back to to say all right you know what I'm forgetting about God's love. Look back at this. Look back at this. And really, I believe it's it's in rehearsing the gospel, so to speak, and just having it being at the forefront of our mind that we would see its power starting to work, to change our hearts, to change our perspectives. Um, because again, we 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 are easy to forget things. We are easy to doubt. Um, and that is what, what, what right, you know, we, we doubt this truth quite often. Um, mm. And it's the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. And it continues today mm-hmm. where we question. Mm-hmm. I think um, I mean, as Sean was just talking about the, the Israelites and looking back at the deliverance that took place um, from Egypt, we read it and we say well obviously this was like a serious deliverance like they saw the waters part mm-hmm. and they did and this was like amazing and this was big yet it was light in comparison to what christ has accomplished for us mm-hmm. yeah so they always looked back at this thing that they thought was um, and we think like we're like oh my gosh can you imagine going to the caribbean sea and it just like splits <laughs> up and everybody just starts walking all the way to london like we just start moving and i'm like that seems bizarre yes it is light mm. in comparison to what jesus has accomplished Ooh. he really died yes like he he was he he was crucified hmm. this innocent god was actually like he, he was nailed on that he was really there hmm. you okay. know like, sometimes i'm not sure we realize that 
Yes. It really happened. Like mm-hmm. he really was crucified on our behalf, like in our place. He really did it and he really rose well, from did. the dead. Yes. I mean, like, yes, it seems like a miracle for the Wasis to part, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a greater miracle for a complete innocent man to walk this earth, do only good then come and die in the place of sinners and then raise back again on account of himself like nobody had to put a staff down like he did it all he just went and did his own thing ran his own show (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. died in our place and you know he rose again and the reason behind it was for a salvation of a people And I'd say so that that was that was felt, Joe. So that was felt when the eyewitnesses saw him go yeah. up in a cloud. It was felt when a people who in 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 having a, a certain Jewish view and how people would have seen that they all of a sudden talking about this Christ, all of a sudden in the midst of persecution and being killed, um, why are they constantly believing this thing? and them sacrificing them life by spreading the gospel in territories and territories. The the thing is, what's amazing, Joe, is that even after Christ has died, Mm -hmm. we are seeing his power at work even now as he changes people's lives now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And, you know, you know, I remember, you know, Ruth and I were talking about this on, on our patio with her father-in-law about the fact that, you know, I really feel it for us here in the, in the West. Oh, you're speaking to your father. Sorry. Oh, yes. I was speaking to my father-in-law. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just, just the fact that in the West, for us, you know, boy, you know, we're sacrificing for Christ and you, you might lose your job. Because you decide you're going to value family over working um, to the grave. Mm. And that is a sacrifice. And by all means, you know, that is a sacrifice. Eh? Mm. But when we are hearing testimonies um, from people saying, hey, you know, we went to a conference and just realizing some people go to places where because they're preaching the gospel, they will get locked up. And mm. they will get killed. Yet they keep doing it. Mm. Yet they, and, and, and yet many people are responding to the gospel. And they're doing that even though families will disown them. You know, so, and so we talk about this thing. Oh, you know, you, you can be disowned. Again, here so far, and you know, I'm, I'm not begging for it to change per se. But right now, you being disowned because you follow Christ, people laugh at you and say, ha, 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 you're lame and boring. Mm-hmm. Other places, they kill you. Mm. Yet, people are following Christ in multiple droves. Uh, and, and so again, you know, again, the gospel really is working. We are seeing its powerful work in the lives of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, you know, even in the West, you're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. And so even in a, in a time where, uh, you know, Christianity, unfortunately, um, has become a very, just a, a, a different shell of an of a entity, you still have, see people saying, no, you know what? Lives, my life needs to look different. Mm-hmm. It can't look like the world. 
I, you know, yes, people are pursuing money, but that's not what I must live for. Mm-hmm. And so again, it, it is changing lives and we get to see it um, in people's lives around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so again, you know, the, the scripture talk about, you know, overcome by the power of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times that's what, that's what the heart that is not feeling it sometimes needs. Um, the rehearsing of the gospel, but then also the testimonies of the saints talking about what is happening in their own lives. Um, and, and that can do much to stir the heart that is doubting and is not feeling sometimes. I think also as you were speaking about um, just this treasure of Christ and how over in the West, you know, you see it played out differently because of, I guess, its consequences. And, you know, I think we are being taught and schooled in the West <laughs> and indoctrinated in many ways, mm-hmm. unawarely, but the reality is like, it's so much easier for us over here to kind of do things based on, well, I feel like it today mm-hmm. and I don't really feel like it tomorrow. And, you know, I think about the, church in revelation where it just says have you lost your first love Mm. um and the reality is when you begin to treasure christ and treasure what the gospel literally and actually means you know it gets less flighty Mm -hmm. when you recognize gosh i without christ have nothing Mm -hmm. um you know, the, the the Lord has been kind and merciful in so many ways. I think we think that every morning we get up, we could actually make the sun come out. Oh. <laughs> I think we think when we wake up every day, we could actually breathe in oxygen and know that the carbon dioxide, you know, like we, we think that we are holding things in place, but we are not. Oh. The kindness of the Lord is being expressed whether you feel him or you don't feel him mm-hmm. yeah so true. he's holding the world in place always mm-hmm. he's extending grace and kindness to a people undeserving on a regular basis every moment of every day mm-hmm. in addition to all that he's extended his only son and made a way for us mm. and you know sometimes i think we miss we miss all that mm-hmm. And we think, hey, well, he's not answering all of the desires that I have because, again, our eyes are fixed on we. Mm. <laughs> not recognizing what the treasure, I mean, when you look in the scripture in Matthew, when it's like, listen, when you recognize this treasure you have, you know, there's nothing else that really matters. Mm-hmm. You will sell everything you have. Mm-hmm. You will give, I mean, all your prayer requests and all your <laughs> desires for house and land and husband and this and that, like you will lay them down when you recognize the treasure that Christ is. Mm. How, how can we rehearse this gospel so that it becomes real to us? Um, actually rehearse it. Look it up in scripture on a regular basis. Write down the truths of the gospel and remind yourself on a daily basis of what what has Christ done? Like you wake up in the morning and you know, sometimes we fill our head with the schedule 
and the daily schedule of what today is like. But when you wake up in the morning and say, gosh, Lord, you've been so kind to me. Mm-hmm. Look at who I have in Christ. You know, just rehearsing and recognizing mm-hmm. what has been accomplished, the hope that he yeah. has laid out for you. The fact that, yes, I'm, I'm a being that is in need of Jesus every single day, mm-hmm. but yet you've given him to me. Mm-hmm. And I need help to live out the gospel. I need help to live out the truths in scripture. But then you did not leave me to live it out. <laughs> you were like, hey, I know you can't do this. So look here, I'm going to mm-hmm. send the Holy Spirit to walk with you so you can live this out. The recognition that, you know, he has given us everything. Mm-hmm. we need literally the scripture says he has given us everything we need for life and godliness and it's true mm-hmm. yes. he has and the ways that we fail he's demonstrated okay come back mm-hmm. i can help you mm-hmm. come back i will walk with you come back i'm with you it's okay mm-hmm. you know he's never looking at us saying oh you failed look at you he's like no i paid that price already my name is written on that mm-hmm. scene a long time ago let's go let's keep going mm-hmm. yeah joe like when you when you when you say about rehearsing the gospel, there's a quote from C.J. Mahaney um, in his book, The Cross-Centered Life. I, I really like it, where he says, "The gospel isn't one class among many that you'll attend during your life as a Christian. The gospel is a whole building that all classes take place in. Rightly approached, all the topics you study and focus on as a believer will be offered to you within the walls." Of the glorious gospel and 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 so just to 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 bring that in a, a practical sense then joe is is realizing that in every situation that comes before me i can ask myself what about the truths of the gospel should affect this situation oh. okay so um <clears throat> ruthan treats me very badly I mean, this is clearly hypothetical, <laughs> but <laughs> so Ruthan treats me badly. And at the moment, I feel, uh, you know, whatever anger, which again, it's, it's, it's quite natural. It's right there. All right, what is true about the gospel? All right. You know what's true about the gospel? Nothing that anybody has done to me is worse than what I've done to Christ. Yet, while I am did that, he died for me. Okay. So, how should that motivate how I respond to Ruthan in this situation? So, whatever offense she did to me was nothing compared to what I did to Christ, yet he forgave me. Okay, so I can forgive. I mean, there, there, there are ways, as I said, that I don't think we are realizing that the Lord wants us to apply these things. And so when Ruthan mentioned that passage about we've been given all we need for life and godliness, mm-hmm. you know, I believe a lot of that is, is what you're talking about, recognizing that there are truths about the gospel that says things about I'm adopted, okay? So what does that mean? I've been accepted. So when I am struggling in situations and recognizing that I feel, boy, yo, nobody rate me. Mm. And um, I, I, I feel to do things to be accepted. No, 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 Sean, I don't need to do that because I've been adopted. What Christ did brought me into his family. Mm. 
Oh. I wasn't supposed to be there, but now I'm brought in. There really is a lot that we can be applying the gospel to in our lives. Actually, I'm not sure there's anything else, of, again, as it relates to life and godliness, mm -hmm. um, that we can't apply. Mm -hmm. And so really, I, that, is the, that is the work of rehearsing the gospel. It is for sure, you know, reflecting on it and, and reading it. But as Ruth is saying, in different situations, asking yourself, okay, what, what about the gospel um, should affect this interaction I'm having today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the interaction I'm having with people, okay, who are value people. Mm -hmm. Again, the gospel speaks to that. Boy, we, we, though we are dust, God would die for me. So guess what? That guy on the road, he's valued. Mm -hmm. There's, as I said, there's a so much that the basics, quote unquote, of the gospel really touches everywhere mm -hmm. um and 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 again that's why i remind people that's why paul can say i decided to know nothing among you but christ and him crucified okay. it's yeah. not because it's not it means it affects all things mm -hmm. so we must believe mm -hmm. that the word is true as ruthan was saying yes. earlier you know we have to believe that this yes. is truth it's a fact Yes. And then once we believe yes. that it's a, it's a truth and it's a fact, there's a lot of self-talk that happens. So in a sense, as we go through our day, you know, we have to be kind of, you know, talking to ourselves in our mind. I mean, we do talk to ourselves. Maybe we're not aware of what we say to ourselves. Sometimes not very positive things. Sometimes positive yes. things. Yes. You know, sometimes good mm -hmm. things are not godly things, you know. But in believing the truth of the word of God, then we are using those truths and we are talking, we're saying them to ourselves, whether in our minds or aloud, so that they, you know, this is, this is the whole process of renewing the mind, right? Mm -hmm. this whole process and can I say, Joe? Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and I'd say one, one thing I'm going to say, so I mentioned adoption. So you know what adoption also says? I've been brought not just in, not just brought into a relationship with God, but with others. And so the next thing you say, you, you know, you're, you're struggling with rehearsing the gospel. Are you in a gospel community? Are you among other people who can speak the truths of the gospel to you? Because mm. that's, that's the thing. You know? So, you know, we are filled with a lot of things. So as you said, we talk certain things to ourselves and we believe certain lies. Mm -hmm. um, we have other enemies around us. The world mm -hmm. is actually telling us certain messages. The devil is telling us certain messages. So we have ourselves, we have the world, the devil. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have these three voices that constantly tries to contradict these truths. Um, and, and what I would say again, we're grateful for the Holy Spirit. But, you know, and, and it's not but, and one of the things he's set up for our benefit is a community. Mm -hmm. and so that's why, you know, Hebrews talk about no, don't give up the forsaking of the brethren. It's not, it, 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 even that's not an option. Again, you know, unfortunately, in our culture, that's an option. Hmm. No, man, it's, you know, me and Jesus is fine. I have a good relationship with Jesus. I, I have, or yes, you know, I can, I can just listen to some good sermons. Yeah, man, I'm good. No, you're not good. You're not okay. Someone needs to look on Sean who sees Sean and sees how Sean interacts 
in different settings and say, Sean, I noticed when you said that to your wife. I noticed this with your with your um your children or the encouragement. Boy, you know, really seeing how God working in this way. Um, you know, a community that is speaking the same sort of language. And so, you know, I, I, a part of a healthy community is I always say, okay, what is the what's what's their language? Is it a religious language in this community, or is it a gospel fluent community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's something that's very important that will help you as you try to rehearse. So that again, as you interact and people talking to you, you get to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it to yourself saying it to you when you're singing certain songs so those are the songs that you're listening to mm -hmm. um you know there are some songs i would say are not gospel fluent or, or not gospel saturated mm -hmm. um there there are things that you have to realize um and so there, there's just a lot of things that even in in god's word he encourages that would help us um in that daily rehearsing of the gospel mm -hmm. humility is such a big part of this walk it is a part of this walk because we need to be humble in order to see that we need god you know and in mm -hmm. also being in community that does what you say is not easy <laughs> you know it's not no. always a fun space to be in it's you know it's challenging so you you know one has to be at that place where in a sense, we entrust ourselves to God to take care of us mm. in a community mm. um, setting, you know, um, so that when when things happen in the community, good or bad, you know, we take it up with God and we're, we're, we allow God to change our hearts and use us and all of those different things. But really, humility and depending on God and entrusting ourselves to God is a big part of you know, how we can function properly in a gospel-centered community. All right, so as we wrap up, um, what would you say is the one thing you would want our listeners to remember from this conversation? Um, I, well, I guess one thing I'd say to sum, it, to sum up that would really benefit people is realize that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Not just to save us in the past, um, but to keep us and to eventually save us in the end. Um, there's no need to look for other tools. It's not, all right, I got the gospel, and then no, let me try and figure out some other ways to maturity. But recognize that God is using this, and again, it's it's doing the dual purpose. It's confounding the the people of the world. Yet it is power and wisdom. Um, Christ crucified is power and wisdom for us, um, and and we need it, um, and your people need it. Just remind people of how much God has already demonstrated His love mm. in Christ. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a good place to start, um, to really meditate on practically what that looks like right now, like mm -hmm. with nothing else added, mm -hmm. with nothing else added, 
Jesus' death on that cross gave us actual life. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's what I'd want people to remember. Okay, thank you so much, Ruth and Sean. And just as we close, I'm actually going to ask you guys, I'm going to ask you, Sean, first, just to, you know, to sum up what you, I mean, we've been talking about it and we've been saying it, but what is the gospel message? You know, just to, to, to share that with the listeners. And then Ruth and I'm going to just ask you to pray for um, just our, my listeners just to, so that the gospel of Jesus Christ as it will impact our hearts and our, and our lives. And as you said, that what has already been done for us will truly transform the way we think and the way we live our lives. Well, just to say to everybody, the gospel speaks to all that God has done um, through Jesus Christ. It's that good news of salvation for undeserving people who don't not only don't deserve it but didn't ask for it um where christ who was god came to live the life who couldn't live died the death that we deserve and rose again so that his people will live with him forever this is the beautiful good news that children can know but we can marvel at for the rest of our lives into eternity. Okay, let's pray. Um, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift that Jesus Christ is to your people. Yes. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for making a way for us to know you, to, to live with you forever. Um, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who is at work in our lives helping us to live out the truth in your word, bearing fruit in our lives on a daily basis. We thank you, Lord, for gospel communities. And mm -hmm. we pray, God, that you know we continue to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yes. Um, that, Lord, these communities, oh God, would serve to sharpen each other. Yes. And to point each other to you, Yes. Um, and to this amazing gospel. Father, yes. we thank you for all that you have accomplished in us and what you accomplished in your son and yes. all that we get to benefit from through the love that you've expressed. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What does that distinction mean? <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Life and Godliness with Joe. Thank you, Pastor Sean and Ruthann, for being on the show and just sharing with us about the gospel in our daily lives. Listeners, listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Please check my pages out on, on Instagram. That's Journeying with Joe on Instagram. And on Facebook, Journeying with Joe 1. Holy, there is